Amen. Praise God. Good morning and welcome this morning to this service coming to you from the campus of World Outreach Missions, or rather World Outreach Church for All Nations in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Praise God. Well, it's all one and the same. The missions is the father or the mother that bought the church. Praise God. And our vision here is building strong families and serving global communities. And we want to welcome everyone that's joining us this morning on the various platforms. We welcome you, we thank God for you, and we pray that something that God is going to say to us this morning will minister to you, will help you, and establish you to where you can enjoy a wonderful, prosperous financial freedom. We've been talking about this message now. I think this is the seventh installment on helping us to understand that God wants to prosper us. He delights in the prosperity of his people. It is his joy for him to bring to us the substance that we need to live a fruitful, harmonious, enjoyable life, and at the same time, where we have been a blessing and a partner together with him in advancing the frontiers of the kingdom. I remember I said to you at the very first message that if you take heed to the things that God is sharing with us over these many, many, many weeks of teaching, I guarantee you in Jesus' name that money will no longer rule over you, but that you will gain the upper ascendancy over money to the glory of God in Jesus' name. And so, just to let you know what's coming in the weeks to come, uh, we're going to be talking about investments. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to handle money properly. Because it's one thing for God to bless you with money. It's another thing for you to keep it. It's another thing for you to know how to steward or manage it. So we just don't want to give you uh, uh, shotgun messages. We want to give you a complete holistic message where finance is concerned. We're going to be talking in the next few weeks about even our younger people, our children. How do we teach them from a younger age on how to manage and to handle money? That's important because some of the big difference that we see now in our society, uh, we notice there are some people who at a very young age start thinking as an entrepreneur. Uh, they start thinking about how to invest money. Why? Because they learn that from an early age and they bring that into their adulthood and their life is different. Yeah. So we should stop complaining. We should start learning and start taking heed to the things that God wants to share with us. So all of these things are coming in the weeks to come. So I'm saying that to help you to understand. Stay tuned. Don't turn off yet. Uh, we are just about the midway point in the, all of this series of messages. We want to see you empowered. We want to see you prosper. But at the same time, we want to see you being responsible. Glory to God. And so this morning, I'm going to speak on the purpose of our giving. We'll be talking about giving. Uh, we're talking about the fact that tithe is no longer required today. It's not a mandate for believers under the new covenant to tithe. However, we also said if you want to give 10%, if that's what you desire to do, it's fine. But just understand that it's not required of you to tithe because as the saying goes, if you don't tithe, things may be tight. That is a lie. 
Stop listening to fake news. Amen? That's a lie. So let me just say, um, and of course, under New Covenant uh, 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 living, we say that even though you do not tithe, God still expects for me and you to participate in giving and in doing what we call grace giving. And I went a great depth, uh, great depth last week on explaining that. Now, let me just say two things, or really one thing about <clears throat> this subject regarding tithe and giving and so forth and so forth. There are two concepts in scriptures that we need to be aware of that will help you and I properly understand and put all of these things in perspective. The first one is that a lot of scriptures are descriptive. They describe something. They describe a concept. Descriptive, okay? So those scriptures describe either things that's happened or somebody's experience, but it does not require you to do it. It is descriptive. For instance, when the Bible talks about how that which must do, do quickly, when Jesus was talking to Judas, does that mean you go and do it? No. It's just describing to you something that took place at a particular time. Okay? So there are certain things that are descriptive. And when you look at the scriptures, all the scriptures in Genesis chapter 14 and Hebrews chapter 7 that talks to us about tithing, all of those scriptures were descriptive. In the same sense as if you went to a doctor and he was going through certain list of medication. And he says to you, this medication does this and that and that and that and that. But it's not going to prescribe it to you, but it's just telling you about it. Now, so it gives you information about it, but it's not asking you to take it. Descriptive. So you must be aware that there are certain scriptures that describe to us a concept. Just so we can have a background, a context of that particular scripture. That's number one. The second thing is, there are other scriptures that are prescriptive. They prescribe. So it goes beyond just describing, it's prescribing. What does that mean? When you go to the doctor when you're sick, and he prescribes, prescribes medication, you understand that the medication is prescribing, it's not just a description. It's telling you if you want to get well, you take this medicine. That's what we are dealing with when it comes to giving. Many of the tithing scriptures are descriptive. In other words, God is giving an idea what happened. But grace giving, what we described last week in details, is prescriptive because Paul tells us what to do. So it's not just a matter of giving you information, it's a matter of encouraging you in a particular way. So just keep that in mind. And so now let's go to Romans chapter 15, verse 4 today. Romans 15, verse 4. You can give that to me. Okay, let's, let's look at this verse. For whatever things are written, or rather were written before, were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Give that to me in the passion. Let me see what passion says about that. Thank you. So whatever, okay, thank you. Look at the passion translation. Whatever was written beforehand 
What's that referring to? That's referring to all the Old Testament scriptures. Because mind you, when this was written, when Paul was saying this, there was no New Testament. There was no New Testament. So Paul did not have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Galatians, Ephesians, and all that stuff when this was written. So it's telling us whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. These scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. So with that being said, what was God's intention when he gave the law concerning the tithe? Why? Why did he do that? Why? So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 28 to 29. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 28 to 29. Hallelujah. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates and deliver it. Watch this. This is very important. And deliver it because he has no portion nor inheritance with you. And the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates may come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. Just keep that scripture up there for a minute. Now, let me just look at that last sentence. That the Lord your God may bless you in all the work, your, work of your hand which you do. You know the message that telescopes to me? God expected the Israelites to be employers. Not employees. Man, it's like the oxygen left the room. That the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand, which you do. I say that because, again, as we talk about this pandemic and all the turmoil and the chaos and the, and the economic impact it's brought to us, many of us have not gotten the memo that in this time, this is the greatest opportunity for millionaires and billionaires to be made. God has placed something in you that he is willing, ready, capable to tap to become something greater than you've ever seen. God wants to bless the work of your hand. What is the work of your hand? What do you have? What is your passion? What is your talent? What is your giftedness? How can you monetize or market that to be a blessing besides you? Just keep on thinking about that. There's going to be many more, many more messages coming. Perhaps that will help you to do that. But this is the point. God gave Israel this law regarding the tithe or giving because he said deliver it has no portion, no inheritance with you. Now, let me just take a second to, to address that very quickly. So, what God did was, he gave inheritance to all the Israelites, all the 12 tribes, or, well, really, the 11 tribes when they came to the promised land. 
He gave them all inheritance, portions, lands, except the Levites. God said, I will be their inheritance. I, God, will be their portion. He did not give them anything. But he now said to the rest of the tribes, the rest of the 11 tribes, you 11 tribes, because I've not given the Levites any inheritance or any portion of the land per se, the responsibility to taking care of them, to making sure their needs are met, I put squarely on you through the giving of your tithe. When each of you in the 11 tribes give the 10%, it goes to the Levites. So that their needs may be met. And as we'll read in a little while, we'll see how God, uh, how this Levite served God. It's a really long story, and I don't want to get into the details of it because I don't want to create any, uh, I don't want to spend any more time than, than needful. So, three reasons for which giving was instituted. Number one, giving or tithing was instituted by God to take care of the Levites. And by today's translation, pastors or ministry gifts. It was to take care of the Levites, the priests, and by translation, today, pastors or ministry gifts. The priests were charged with a full-time responsibility of ministering in a temple, and therefore, they needed to be supported. Give me Numbers chapter 18, verses 20 and 21, please. Numbers 18, verses 20 and 21. Thank you very much. Then the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land. Why? Because Aaron is a Levite. Nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion. Hallelujah. And your inheritance among the children of Israel. There should be no pastor, no ministry gift, no Levite today that lacks anything. If the people of God understand the concept and partner together with God to see this happen. Amen? Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 13 and 14. Now let's look at the New, Trust, New Testament translation of everything uh, Moses said. So remember, the first reason for tithing or giving in the Old Testament was to take up the Levites and the priests. And by translation today, pastors, ministers, and all ministry gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? And those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings. Verse 14. In the same way, so now Paul is giving a contrast and comparison. In the same way, the Lord ordered 
Notice he didn't suggest. He ordered that those who preach their good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Kai! Glory to God. Before I leave this pulpit this morning, somebody should just bring me a Rolls Royce to drive. <laughs> if, you, if you guys are getting this message, <laughs> if anybody's benefited, no, I'm going, <laughs> praise God. No, but listen, so Paul makes a contrast. In verse 13, he goes to the temple, what the Levites and the priests did. And he said, in verse 14, today, give me that verse 14 again. In the same way, likewise, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Amen? Give me 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 and 18 in the Amplified Classic. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 and 18 in the Amplified, Amplified Classic. A-M-P-C. Thank you. There we go. Let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. I'm glad Brother Dio Shokan is here this morning. He's hearing this message. He sees this verse. So you take this message to your executive council. <laughs> and you guys act accordingly. Glory to God. Amen. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle. Are you hearing this? An ox when it is treading out the grain. And again, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Let, let me just leave that there alone. So, we, so, the, so the bottom line is, we're instructed to care for our ministers. Now let, let me just break it down to you in a local church setting. Because when people hear ministers or pastors, they think it's just the senior pastor. Or, uh, no, 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 it's more than that. So you have pastors, you have associate pastors, and then you have the Levites, the priests and worship, people who minister to us in songs and service. They are ministers. So what God is saying is that we should take care of all of them, pastors, ministers, and in particular, Levites. I don't have time to go into the history to tell you how David transitioned the Levites from Old Testament under Moses to a futuristic ministry under grace. You can read this if you want yourself in 1 Chronicles chapter 6. In fact, let's go there quickly. 1 Chronicles chapter 6. Oh boy, what verse is that? Let me just go there very quickly since I ran my mouth and went there. Because I want us to be enlightening. 1 Chronicles chapter 6, uh, verse 31, I think. Yep, verse 31. Thank you. Now, these are the men whom David appointed over the service of song. Do you see that? In the house of the Lord after the ark came to rest. They were ministering with what? With music before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the meeting. Okay, give me verse, uh, verse 40, no, no, no. The last verse of that chapter, verse 48, verse 48. Same chapter, thank you. 
and their brethren, the Levites, were appointed to every kind of service of the tabernacle of the house of God. So now, I'm showing that to you because I don't want you and I to get into this tradition to minimize certain people because they are not pastor this or bishop that. No, if they are ministering on this platform, singing on the keyboard, on the drums, whatever they are appointed to do, they are Levites and ministers of God and therefore they become our responsibility. I didn't get one single amen. God bless you guys. Ah. So number one, giving and tithes was given so that the Levites, the pastors and ministers can be supported. Number two, number two, number two reason for which God asked people to give. So that strangers, widows, fatherless, the poor, the needy can be taken care of. One word to describe all of that is the vulnerable people. Those who are vulnerable among us. God says, we that are stronger should take care of them. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 27 and 29. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 27. Thank you. You shall not forsake the Levite. You see that? So right there, you can put ministers and pastors. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. Next verse. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and then he combines the Levite now with, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow who are within your gates may come and eat and be satisfied, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand, which you do. So again, the tithes and the offerings in the New Testament was given to Israel so that the needs of the vulnerables can be taken care of. Let's just read one more scripture there, Romans 15. Romans chapter 15, verses 25 and 26 in NLT. And I need to move right on. Thank you. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. So now you see the New Testament under grace. Translation of what Moses said. This is very important. I, I, I need to come back later and teach on how to look at Old Testament principles that goes through the cross and find fulfillment and practices in the new covenant. I don't have time to do that today. But it is important to see that what Moses just told us in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 27 through 29, Paul comes back in Romans chapter 15 and says he's taking up an offering for the believers in Jerusalem who are poor. Amen. Now, uh, okay, let, let me just finish this and I can take a, I want to show you guys some, some, some illustration, but let me just go ahead and finish. So number one, Levites and pastors. Number two, the vulnerables among us. And number three, give me Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18. Deuteronomy 8, 18. Thank you. Remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you power to be successful. 
in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. What is that covenant? What is that covenant? Genesis 12, 1, 2, 3. I don't, I don't want to read that now. But in that Genesis 12, 1, 2, 3, he told Abraham, I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. Whosoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whosoever curses you, I'll curse. And in you, Abraham, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So the New Testament translation of that, in Romans 10, verses 13 to 17, verses 13 to 17, for ev give that to me in the New Translation, in the, in the New KJ KJV, please, thank you. Thank you. Th All right. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. But there's a problem. Look at verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Ah, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17, the last one. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So again, let me go quickly. Number one, the reason God gives the tithes and the offering to support the Levites, the priests, and now today, pastors and ministers. Number two, to support the vulnerables among us. And number three, for missionary enterprise. Why do we give? We give because God has people to whom he wants to bring the good news. And as we just read, how can they believe except they hear? How can they hear unless somebody is sent? And how can they go? Amen? And so let me just take a moment to show you, at least here at Walkfine, what has happened and what we're doing. Give me the charts, please. So here in Lawrenceville, taking care of the vulnerables, we have the Love Outreach Mission. In 2019, we served 754 families. That translates to 2,878. That's what we're doing with what you give. Taking care of the vulnerables. In 2020, that number went up. Families served 869. Individuals, 3,142. That is because you participate in your giving to serve, to minister to the vulnerables. Now, next year, Lom wants to do more than that. They're going to take on Inspire, Emma Cares, and not Georgia Veterans Shelter. That's part of the en enlargement that we are believing God for as you partner with God so that we can do more. Abroad, the story is the same. In Thailand, a partnership with a, with a, with a, in Thailand through the Aka Arch Foundation, you look at it on the board, 2020, there are, 20, there are 67 kids 
in the orphanage that we partner with here. And we have 278 students, as I speak, that study in the seminary that we're teaching year in, year out. Vietnam, the story is the same. New believers that came to God this year, as a result of your faithful giving, 327. Baptisms that took place there in 2020, 65. Now, some of you may not understand what this means. This was a closed communist country that unfortunately we as Americans fought a war against. But now God has given us the glorious opportunity to bring the glorious gospel of liberation to them. Hallelujah. Amen. Go back to, go back, 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 go back. Ezekiel mission. Thank you. 2020. Give it to me. In Ezekiel mission, 327 people got born again, 65 baptized, and they also have rehab centers. 21 rehab centers where they bring in men and women who are stronger than drugs. And without any medication, only through the intervention of prayer and reading the scriptures, 341 set free. Hallelujah! He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Listen, this is not just numbers. We saw them in Miami. This year, leadership training, 80 people. Now, there's one number you guys have not given me. What happened to uh, Paul's mission in Southeast Asia? What happened to it? I saw a ZK mission, but I didn't see that one. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Ezekiel mission. Okay. All right. It's missing. It's not your fault. It's missing. I don't see it there. Go to West Africa. Nigeria. T3. T3 is a, it's a curriculum where we're training people to use their workplace. No, to, yeah. To use their workplace as a platform to spread in the gospel. 29 graduates. 2020. Syria alone, 120. Glory to God. <laughs> and next year, we are going to open new T3 outposts in Cote d'Ivoire, French Francophone. But the curriculum is already ready, translated to French, and the website is already translated to French, ready to go. Amen. Not just Cote d'Ivoire, there's also Cameroon. Where is it? You guys are playing tricks on me. Oh, okay, it's not West Africa. <laughs> this, 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 I have, I have some, uh, what do you call this guy, Sandy, some Pharisees here, that's. <laughs> Central Africa, Cameroon, T3, next year. It's all ready to go, we're ready to go. And then the first, we're gonna have a church plant in Ghana next year. Now, I'm bringing this to our attention to help you understand that we're not just asking you to give. We are being divinely responsible for doing what God wants to see the church do with whatever comes into the house of God. Amen. Pastors and ministers, Levites being taken care of, the vulnerables being taken care of, and at the same time, advancing the frontiers of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Uh, there's another statistic there that for some reason we miss it out, and that's also in Vietnam with, um, with Pastor Sarah's church. Over, over, over 500 
pastors been trained this year? 500. 500. I know. So, so this, this is incredible things that's going on all around the world, and we, we know that we need to bring this to your attention from time to time. Now, in closing, go to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Luke chapter 5, in a message translation. What is in there for me or you when I partner with God? Because every time you give, you're partnering with God. Every time you give in an offering, in a church that is doing God's will, every time, because what does that mean? You are assisting or coming together with God to get something done. What is in it for you? Luke chapter 5. Verse 1, once when he was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. Now, please let me set the context. Here is Jesus seeking to preach. And Based on where he was, it was very difficult, it would be very difficult for the people, the multitudes, to hear him. So he looked up and he saw two boats. And said, ah, okay, if I can use these two boats, I can move out into the water a little bit and I have more room for voice projection to carry the message to reach the multitudes. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, watch this, using the boat for a pulpit. Every time you give your money, your gift, or your service becomes a tool as a pulpit to carry the gospel message. Now, let me say that again. Not just money. When you use your gift to serve, when you pray, when you, 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 you give of yourself in some way or capacity, and just standing here right now, remember Joseph and Ibadi Andrew. Oh, it's been a few years ago, now maybe almost even 10 years, they bought a new car, that, that big, huge uh, Infinity SUV that people call the Beast. Oh, the frog. They thought it was so huge. And I remember when they bought that card, Joseph came to me and said, Pastor, whenever you have a guest minister and you need to transport them, I give the free use of this vehicle so they can ride in comfort. Ah, I will never forget that. I think we used it about two or three times. And looking back at their lives, Joseph and Ibadi, and at the right time, they're going to give you their testimony. I can say to you that God honored them in the simplicity of what they made available to God. So what I'm saying here is, Jesus took Simon's boat, and the Bible said using the boat for a pulpit, he needed a place from which to preach. When we run long on Wednesdays here, it becomes, it becomes a pulpit. When we go to Vietnam to spread the good news, we become the pulpit of God to those people because of your giving and your support. 
When we go to Thailand, the same thing. When we go to Syria alone, to Ghana, to Cameroon, to Cote d'Ivoire, wherever we go, we become your extension and a pulpit of God to bring the glorious goodness of God to bear in our earth. When was the last time you gave God your pulpit? In your service, in your giving, in your gifting. Using the boat for a pulpit, it taught the crowd. Think about that. Without the boat, Jesus would have been hindered. Ah, Lee, am I the only one that's getting this message? Because I, I just feel like I'm alone here. Without the boat, Jesus would have been hindered. How many of us are willing to give up our boat so that Jesus can carry out his mission? That's your gift. You are anointed in one area or the other. Are you using it for God's glory? That's your finance. Are you making it available for God's use? That's your time. Are you making your time available for God's purpose? Or it's all about Netflix? Using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. Verse 4. When he finished teaching, he said to Simon, you see, God will never, you, will, you will never outdo him. Never. So now, these fishermen have given their boat. I don't know how long Jesus preached for. If he was preaching like what he did in someone of a mouth, it could have been two days. <laughs> so these guys could not use their boat for two days or however long it was, one hour, two hours. And God, because he will, you will, he will never owe you without the pain. Never, never, ever, 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 never. When he finished, they did not have to give him an invoice. Chief Jesus, you used my boat for two hours. If it was Hertz uh, Rental Car or RV Avis or Enterprise, two hours, and we know what that would mean. We know what that would fetch us. No, they didn't have to do that. He's not an unreasonable man, the God that we serve. When he finished, he said to Simon, push out into the deep water and let your nets out for a catch. These were frustrated fishermen that have been laboring and laboring and laboring and caught zilk, nothing. Verse 5, Simon said, Master, we have been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. Uh -uh. I said to you one time, God's prosperity does not have to do with your hard work. Although hard work is essential, it's needful. I'm not trying to preach you slothfulness or laziness. But what I'm saying is, it's not how much you sweat that guarantees God's prosperity. Because Peter is now saying, uh -uh, we've been sweating all night. We've been working hard and we've not got nothing. But if you say so, yeah. I will let out the nets. And I'm praying this morning that some of us will, not, will come to the conclusion that Peter came to. I don't understand all this teaching. I don't understand what you expect, what you want, what you desire. However, because you said so, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to help me to comply. It was no sooner said than done, a huge haul of fish 
straining the nets past capacity. In the name of Jesus, this is what God has for every one of you. In the name of Jesus, I declare and I decree to as many of you, we partner with God in 2021. God will give you an abundance of which you have never seen. God will make you the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. In the name of Jesus, you will make progress and never backwards. You will see increase beyond your wildest imagination. That's the promise of God. That's what God does in this partnership. He will not cheat you, but rather he will bless you. And so, Father, I thank you for every man and every woman who have listened to this message and who have come to the understanding of the reason and the purpose for giving. That in our giving, we support our pastors, our ministers, our Levites. That in our giving, we help and support the distressed, the vulnerable among us. That in our giving, we expand your missionary vision of carrying the gospel, the frontiers of the gospel, beyond our local environment. And that in our giving, you are a God of just reward. That no one who's ever given to you will have any cause for regret. Because you repay beyond and above that which we can think or pray or ask for. Thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness for your goodness. Yeah. I bless you because you are so good. You are Jehovah El Shaddai, the God of all sufficiency. And God, I pray for that man, that woman right now, Lord God, who under the sound of my voice is saying, I'm strained, I'm in a hard place, I don't have enough, I have needs. I say, Father God, manifest your sufficiency to them right now where they are. In the name of Jesus, open a door, Pour out your blessing that will blow their mind and let them know that, yes, all silver and all gold indeed belong to you. Yeah. Thank you, Papa, because you own the cactus on a thousand hills and every beast of the forest, they belong to you. Yeah. You are the Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees the need and meets the need before we can ever even know that we have a need. Meet the need of those your people right now, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Show them a way. Minister to them. Thank you, Father. We honor, we bless you. We praise your name now and forever. In Jesus' name.